Welcome to Maddie and the Caddy. I'm Matt Barry today on the podcast. Caddy cuts it up with comedian Bob Mennery, and we're talking about Patrick Reed. Uh, he won't go away. That's what happens when you win a tournament the week after people are talking about you. We're going to discuss his win at the WGC Mexico. And a couple of things I need to note before we get started. Please subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. Tweet at us. It helps us out. The more people that find the show, the better. Even if it's your father-in-law posting it on his LinkedIn, do it. It helps. Also, I want to let you know that Baseball Tonight, that podcast with Buster Olney, is back on Monday through Friday, it's a grind, but it's baseball season and they love it. Today, they've got Jeff Passan on to talk about his fascinating 15 days in Astros camp. That and more. Find it wherever you get to your podcasts. And finally, let's talk about our friends at Theragun. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. Perfectly weighted and ergonomically sound, Theragun's unique multi-grip design maximizes ease, comfort, and usability with zero stress or pressure on forearms, hands, and wrists, whether you're treating yourself or others. They sent me and the caddy. We have Theraguns, and we absolutely love them. I always fire mine up after a workout. It's a great way to naturally treat any lingering pain or stingers and get back to your life. I work out in the morning before I come to work. I use it right after I'm done. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash Maddie, here's how you spell Theragun, T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash Maddie. For a limited time, my listeners to this podcast get a free charging stand with the purchase and $79 value. That's $79 value. Do it. Theragun.com slash Maddie. Theragun.com slash Maddie. Now onto the show. Now on the T, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. So here we are, another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. Looking forward to today's program. As I said at the beginning, Bob Mennery, Caddy, was able to get with him yesterday. and uh, Or Tuesday, rather. You don't know what yesterday means, whatever day you are listening to this. So <laughs> the Mennery stuff is fantastic. Look forward uh, to hearing that. Uh, Caddy, so much to get to today and here's where I'd like to begin because right. we had touched on it last week quite a bit. And I believe this is why golf can't quit Patrick Reed and neither can we. Because this, I have a fundamental question about this too. Because the second you think that you're going to get under his skin and he's going to become a controversial lightning rod, he goes out and wins WGC Mexico, in my opinion – is becoming one of the great tournaments in golf because of the the elevation and the course. I was thoroughly entertained all week at WGC Mexico. Even though, start with hit here. All right. Genesis had a stronger field. Nine of the top ten players in the world played Genesis. Right. Four of the top ten players of the world skipped the WGC. Like how how's the schedule working out? The condensed schedule. You love awesome. hitting that. It doesn't matter. 
It does matter. No, it doesn't. It does matter because, listen, if the most important events for the PGA Tour are the WGCs and your best players are skipping them to play a regular PGA Tour event, even though the Genesis has elevated status, you're talking about guys who would rather play a tournament that has a cut. A cut than to go play a no-cut, free money, all the world ranking points, all... That apparently was not as important to some guys as the going to play the Genesis, where you weren't even guaranteed the weekend. Whose payroll are you on? I'm on. I'm on the honesty payroll. Are That's you? whose payroll I'm on. Like I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat things, and I'm not going to blow sunshine and rainbows up people's behinds just because it feels good and sounds yeah, nice but you're, for you're, some people. Like you are here's horribly wrong here. But I'm not. How? If I was wrong, then the WGC would have a stronger field. Okay, period. did you look at the leaderboard? I didn't say the leaderboard wasn't awesome. Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm. And That's Rory your top McElroy three. Was in there and too. Rory McIlroy. Yes. And Hideki. And awesome. Justin Thomas. Great. So what, what, Gary Woodland, Major, Xander Shop. What That's is it? What do you, what's, what's your point? My, my point is, I'm just saying it's kind of strange how, more guys in the top 10 played in Genesis than played in the WGC. Why is that strange? Well, because it's a WGC. That's why it's strange. You would think if the top 10 players in the world were all going to get together, isn't that what the WGCs were designed for? Yeah, but dude, you're going to have to let this new schedule narrative go because the new schedule isn't new anymore and it's not going anywhere. And when you trot out a WGC that's got that type of leaderboard, they don't care. They don't care. I feel you. I just think there's some irony there. And I still think like this is still new because guys are still working their schedule out, which we are now seeing. So, yes, it's still new because it's what this is the third year, maybe with the new wraparound schedule. Like how many events are there now? Well, the wraparound schedule, the wraparound schedule is stupid. (laughs) I'm talking about the schedule that was implemented last year. We moved the players uh, to March. And we we made some adjustments in where tournaments are slated. Rap round's gonna be stupid forever. I don't, I don't that care being about said, it. we'll 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 feel the way that we feel about the schedule in the WGCs. The whole Patrick Reed thing, I said it before and I'll say it again. People still haven't learned. They haven't learned that as soon as you start open your mouth and running it throwing shade at Patrick Reed, it makes him play better. We learned this from like no one Everyone forgets history. This is what I can't understand. People threw shade at him. So it all goes down Saturday at the Hero. Building sandcastles. So you think, well, this dude's done. He got no chance. Nah. The next day, he shoots 66. Now, what happens when we go to Maui? Century Tournament of Champions. Patrick Reed, everybody talking about, here's the controversy. First time we're going to hear, see him. It's going to be crazy. This dude almost wins, finishes T2. This is what people yelling at him the whole time. That the people, did people learn then? Nope. <laughs> Get to the Genesis. Everybody's still talking smack. Here we, here comes Peter Costas. Here comes Brooks Kepka. And what does he do? What does Patrick Reed do? Win. I don't know. Maybe if you're a Patrick Reed hater and you really don't want to succeed, do to Carlos Correa and shut the, just saying, front door. (laughs) 
I, mean, I, I don't understand. Here's my and this, this is, is a, but this is I what makes fun, him. This is what makes him great. I That's what, this is why I love agree. him. Because I agree. Because I love the fact he embraces being that guy. Well, yeah. Well, he no. don't love it. But no, 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 no. He doesn't embrace it. Brooks Kep, Brooks Kepka embraces it. True. Patrick Reed doesn't like it. He just shows up and wins when it happens. There's, you yeah. know, like Patrick Reed would just as soon just give everyone the bird. I mean, he would just rather just flip everybody off. He doesn't like being criticized and critiqued, but he does the talking when, with his play, which is fine, which is what Brooks does. But Brooks legitimately embraces being the guy that's going to say things other people won't and then fires back at them verbally and with his play. Reed is the villain by his own doing and action and backs it up in moments where he needs to most. Remember at Augusta when people were mm. all over him and the, the, the family stuff came up and all the the past experiences in college in that area and cheating. And again, he goes out and wins the green jacket. That's just who he is, and he embraces it. But we I don't t- know if 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 Brooks Kepka had to deal with what Patrick Reed is having to deal with, I don't think Brooks but Kepka comes through the same. I don't think you could compare the two. I, I'm just because Brooks. I thought, well, I thought that you were saying that Brooks embraces like being the I don't give a he, well, and Patrick doesn't. Like Patrick doesn't like the fact that he's not liked. Here's like, how. But here's how it, here's how it went about. You gotta, you gotta look at the differences between the two. Patrick's problems have come from on course behavior. Yes. Brooks's embracing of the villain comes from press conferences where he says, I've got like five people to beat. <laughs> it's completely different. I com- I completely agree with that. But he- and here's, I have a fundamental question right. of what went down because people are disagreeing with the context of everything that Peter Costas said. And I have a fundamental question for you. Okay. Because I called it a cop out when someone uses this excuse. So Peter Costas no longer works for CBS. He yeah. got let go. Yeah. D- didn't get brought back. Now he said on the podcast that he was on no laying up that he has personally witnessed Patrick Reed do some things, improve the lie. Four four separate times. Yeah. He's seen it four separate times. And he said that the reason that he didn't say anything other than the one time he said something on the air that made Gary McCord speechless and couldn't say anything for a minute. He said the reason that he didn't say anything to a rules official or tournament for doing it was because, in his words on the podcast, he doesn't want to be the story. His job is not to become the story, just to report it. I say that is bull and that's a cop-out because as a person that is there, not only covering the tournament, but watching the tournament, everyone's job, including the people that are playing, the playing competitors, is to protect the field. So if you see someone have a rules violation and you don't report it at the time, but then a years later, or once you don't have the job, now you're going to start saying, I seen this and this dude did that. Like, nah, brah, sorry. So what's the fundamental question? Uh, the fundamental question is, is that a legit, in your opinion? Cause this is just, in my opinion, that's not a legit 
in this situation, it's not a legit excuse. In your opinion, if you are there covering a tournament and you see someone break a rule, are you not obligated (sighs) to report that? Here's how I would handle it. He, I will tell you that, that Costas is right and wrong. He's right in that he, as, as anchor, as an anchor of Sports Center, as a, as a, someone who fronts a program, it is best for me to be the stagehand and not the star of the play. Okay. Completely let, me just, agree. let me finish. Let me finish. Yep. Go. To be the stagehand, not the star. Yep. If Costas goes and reports this, then he becomes the guy that ratted out Patrick Reed. That's part one. So he's right about that. Where he's wrong is if, as a steward of the game, covering the sport, I would, if I were the field reporter, the Dottie Pepper, the Peter Mm -hmm. Costas, the David Faraday, Mm -hmm. I would tell the truck, guys, I just saw Patrick improve his lie. If you have a camera shot, I would show it. And And then what they do with it is up to the broadcast and the rules official. But Costas is not a rules official. He's an on-course reporter. His job is to report what he sees. So let me ask you this. If you're a journalist, you're a reporter, and you see a crime committed, and you don't report seeing that crime, and your excuse is, well, I don't want to be part of the story, that's not you're not being a rat. You know what you are? You're an accessory to a crime Again. by by not reporting it. Like, like that is not becoming part of no, the no, story. No, 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 you're right. That's well, the, the word the operative word you use there that is correct is reporting it. Like it is his job to say, okay, he, again, you tell the producer in the production truck, guys, I just saw Patrick tweak his ball, move his ball, roll his ball, improve his lie. If we have a camera on it, or we you need go to, show to a it. rules official. No, 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 no. His job is not to go to the rules official. It's absolutely not. His job is to tell the TV truck what he saw and report what he saw. His job is not to report to a rules official what he saw. That's where we disagree. He is not out there to do that. He's not. A, he's not out there to do that. He's out there to report. On no the one is out there to do that. No one is out there to go get a police officer when you see a crime commit. Like you're not just out there to be Johnny on the spot cop. Well, let's, you're not out let's, there. Let's to be, be careful that. about. Comparing crimes and Patrick Reed's uh, liberties on the golf course. Of course, I mean that. Of course, it's two different things. But this is the example that we have because in this case, so you're saying Costa should go to a rules official. I'm I'm just saying that you have to you have to report it to someone. Yeah, the TV truck, like I said, and then you do it on the broadcast, and then whatever happens because of the broadcast is what happens. But if you don't do it at all, then what? Then you get to take liberty with it later on. I'm never a big yes. I'm never a big fan of after the fact guy, after the fact person. Yeah, that's well. A decade this, ago, this, this person what I have treated me like this. With. Well, if it yeah. was wrong now, it was wrong a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, you didn't say nothing uh, ten years ago. What you gonna you gonna say something now that you don't have a job? Like, come on, man. Like, don't. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about like oh five years ago so and so got me and this and that. Like, nah, and that's not. In in our sport, that is not becoming part of the story. 
Like, that's a cop out to say, I can't report it because I don't want to be part of the story. That's not becoming part of the story. Like, you don't have to say, I was the one that reported it. I was the one that turned him in. Ain't no one said you got to do that. Like, when you use the term, you ratted him out. Well, that's you, not ratting. But I, I'm, I, I want to know what your problem is. Is your problem that they didn't report it to a rules official? Is your problem they didn't report it during the tournament to the truck on the broadcast? Either. Both. Okay. Yeah, both. I, I don't think I don't think he should have I don't like, think he should have reported it to the official rules official. I think he should have made it a part of the broadcast. Uh, in one case, I think he he did a small part of that, but I don't think that's enough. I mean, look if what happened. Really, if you're really especially a guy like Costas who's had so much tour experience and actually teaches tour pros. So now you're going to tell other tour pros like what does that speak to on your integrity? Well, well, if I see something, but I got a job and I'm getting paid, I want to save my job. I ain't saying nothing how about until this? after the fact. Like, nah, man, sorry. Like, what does that say about your integrity? Like, you are more, you are more concerned with yourself than protecting the field. And what do we talk about when it comes to golf and the integrity of the game and protecting the field? And now you're saying that, well, because I'm on TV and because I'm out there walking, I got a microphone, like I can't do that. So like it's did... not my, it's not my place. It's not my place because I got a microphone and because I'm on TV, it's not my place to protect the field. I just got to sit and watch. Like how that did, does how, not how did Reed get right caught? Me. Okay. So how did Reed get caught at the Bahamas? He didn't. That, what, what, but what I'm saying is Costas went on to say, like at this tournament, Reed ended up winning. So he's saying, I saw him do this stuff. And he did, he, like, here's what he did. And if you're, if, and if you're there as a reporter and you're covering somebody for television, you ain't walking without cameras. <laughs> you, we both know that. Correct. We both know if you're out there covering an event, you know, and you're the on course reporter, they're not, this ain't radio for CBS. CBS don't do radio for golf. Sirius XM does. So sorry. Like there's good, probably cameras was going to be there. Cause you can tell the guy walk over and get a look at that lie. Did you get a look? Yeah, I looked down and the lie was he wasn't going to be able to hit three wood the first time I saw it, but then hit three wood out afterwards and no one else. What, what now you're saying it now after you like that just that doesn't feel right to me. It just does not. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. I've never in a sport that prides itself on gentlemen's accord and integrity and keeping the other players score and being honest it does not seem to fit right the narrative this ain't the same as football or baseball where you as an as an a journalist and an analyst you can sit there and be like well he got away with one on that one but you don't go to the ref and be like hey man this dude he was holding on that one he got a face mask and you got to call that like that's of course in that sense like no, you, you're not going to become part of the story in that way. But we're talking golf is a different sport. It's a sport. It's that gentleman's sport and a game of that we talk about. But, he, but, but I, again, I, I don't like being both sides guy, but I do see both sides. Like it's not Peter Costas's job. I understand. I, I completely agree. But with I do that. understand what you're saying. It, it flies in the face of everything the sport likes to stand for. Yeah. And now you're, and you're a teacher as well. Like, don't come that same thing. If you're going to say something now, you should have said something then. Like you don't get to stand your, your soapbox is made of balsa wood. If you're going to stand up on a soapbox and start screaming about, 
you know, you saw Patrick Reed do this and you saw Patrick Reed do that. Like, nah, man, you didn't say nothing then. Don't say nothing now. I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about your integrity now because you didn't have any at the time if you was just trying to cover your butt and save your job. Like, that's that's not okay. It's not okay. It It shouldn't matter whether or not you have a microphone or not. That should not matter. That is not becoming part of the story in the sport of golf. It's just not. Not if, not if as a lover of the game of golf in the big picture of the game, you are trying to protect the game and you witness something. You got to say something. You have to. How do you think CBS handled this after the fact? I don't know what we don't, we're never going to know. He don't work for him no more. It's kind of that's what I mean. That doesn't does it not seem funny? Like if if I got fired by ESPN tomorrow, and then three years later or a year later came out, was like, let me tell you all this stuff about ESPN. Like, yeah, but um, there are eh. cases. Well, there are cases where NDAs are signed. Um, there ain't no NDA signed when it comes to like this. What would that tell you? What would that tell you if somebody said, I can't talk about my old company because I signed an NDA? Well, why is that? Like, why did you, <laughs> does that not send up red flags too? Well, yeah. Well, there you but go. That's what Nate, I'm saying. Give me a firing or a dismissal that doesn't put up red flags. Something happened. Maybe like, in but any, like in this any dude situation. Just, this dude just got let go because they said they wanted to get younger. They wanted to go in a different direction. Which, okay, that's fine. But, you know, there's sound a little bitter. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. When you do, when you, like, okay, you want to get your name back out there again. Patrick Reed's an easy target. But, hey, what did he do after the fact? Man, lit it up. Lit it up. Should, should we make, should, should we get Costas on so you can, so you can have this conversation with him? I, yeah, I'd be, I would love to talk to him about it just to, to get, I would be fine with getting that perspective. I got his number, you know, like I'm, I'll hit him up and see if he wants to come on to talk about it. Cause I, I do want to, I do want to understand that more. And I know there's, you know, plenty of people out there. I got into it the other night on radio and then on social media, there was a bunch of people that was like, you know, if you heard the whole, podcast you would say that he didn't want to be part of the story i'm like i'm sorry that's just not an excuse man that's not there are some cases where i completely understand that our job as a journalist is to watch and and just be to to watch what happens and report what happens right but but again but he should have reported again he should have reported to the tv truck here's what i saw do we have video of it his job is not to report to the rules official it's not it's not a field reporter's job at the NFL to say, "Hey, uh, that See, dude is that dude has been off sides all night. Watch him." No, He's, see, that's different. If you say if you're saying watch him, compare like this is how's why, that different? Because the reporter be, would be inserting himself in rules, and that's not the reporter's job. But here's the deal: so if you have to look at it as fans as well, okay? You're 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 there as a journalist, and you're probably there because you love the game and you're no, a fan you're not of the game. There, as well. You're not there as a journalist. You're there as the broadcast reporter. team. As a as a report as a reporter, you're re- you're reporting. No 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 no, no 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 no. Herrig is a reporter. Costas okay. is a part of the broadcast. There's a difference. There's okay. a difference between credentialed media reporter yes. and broadcast team. Different. 
What's the difference in a spectator seeing a rules violation and Costas seeing a rules violation? Well, luckily, golf saw how dumb that was and got No, 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 no. I'm not talking about watching it on TV. I'm talking about in person because that rule is still the same, dude. That rule is still the same. And this is my point. Look, if they want to listen to Jeff from Madison, Wisconsin, that he saw some dude improve his lie, that's on the sport. Yeah, but that is the sport. Like, you don't have to like it. I'm sorry. You don't have to like it. But this is the way that it is. Like, if you, it's, it's, if you see something, say something. Quit, quit, quit clutching your pearls. What are you? <laughs> I'm not clutching my pearls. I just, like I said. What is your deal today? Why, who hurt you? You're, you're going <laughs> I got a the... squirrel problem on my back porch. Do That's, you? Yeah, honestly. I'm trying to, uh, I've been. Why? What's going on? You have like. Yeah, so. There's a hole on the screen, mm-hmm. and there's bird seeds set out. And my wife, who would, set out the bird seeds, my wife. That's she on got her. This, I know it is, but she ain't taking care of the squirrel problem because she's not here because she's at work. So only one of us has to hear this squirrel coming through the screen. So yesterday, as I was interviewing Bob Menery, I hear the squirrel, and I'm like, "Hold up, I got an idea." So I take my cat. <laughs> who's the outdoor cat flash and i was like yo you gotta earn your keep bro it's time do your thing and i put him on the back porch with the squirrel and now the squirrel don't have an out right because he's freaking out because now the cat's there and the cat is just looking at him so now i'm like this ain't going Wait, down so the so cat's I'm- just looking at the at the squirrel yeah like yo what's up man what's going on and <laughs> the squirrel don't know so the you know it's freaking out now the cat is like hold up maybe there's something going down but now the cat gets a little bit lazy when the squirrel goes behind his thing and the cat just sneaks back there and I'm like, yes, he got him. And he just pokes his head around. Everything cool. <laughs> and then comes back and I'm like, what a day, man. Finish the job, dude. What you doing? But you're an outdoor cat too. You ain't going to take care of this thing. Like, yeah, so but now, see that this is the boat. You need to take this into your own hands. You could, I it's Florida. Did. Shoot it. I I got the Daisy Red Rider. Yeah, I got the Daisy Red Rider out, and so I was trying to. But there's things around. There's windows and like, you know. So I'm looking to see because I think I put I think I put one in him. I think so, but I'm not sure yet. So, and yesterday after it all went down. The boys came home and they was like out there with plastic bats. But then when they had a shot, they wouldn't take it. So I was like, I knew it. I knew y'all wouldn't do. So, of course, then they just open the door and the squirrel runs out. But I'm thinking to myself, that squirrel just learned this lesson. Like I gave you a pass. You got you got a reprieve from the governor. Like that's just a hint. Don't come back here no more. So you. And now today, Squirrel came back. So, oh, he did. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm and I went out there with the Daisy, and I think I think I neutralized the target. You do? How? I think so. How? Well, I I got a couple of good ones, and now the 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 target went behind a little something. And I haven't seen the target since, and there hasn't been any movement or noise out on the back porch. I, but I haven't been able to go check because I wanted to, we we're doing our thing. So do you believe- So I've been in a state for the past couple of days, and yes, like all this 
Costas and Kepka stuff put me over the edge. I love that the squirrel is getting you. Like the squirrel has outsmarted you and your cat. It hasn't outsmarted you. Cats are narcissistic little beasts anyway. I, well, that's the thing. Like, cats are only – all they care about is themselves. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the part of the – you know, that's you part of the, the thing. you feed the cat, right? Like, Do you feed the cat? Yeah, we give them a little something. Now, like I said, the cat's an outdoor cat. Right. There's no litter box in the house. But the cat does come inside. We let him chill in here. When it gets real cold, he sleeps inside. You know, when, it, when it's raining or thunderstorms and stuff. And this cat's been with us for, like – Eight years, nine, maybe even more than that. Hot dog. He's been, he's been with us for a while. Not declawed because it's an outside cat. Right. But and sometimes the cat will come and like, I want to donate to the buffet too. Is it dinner time? <laughs> and the cat will come up and have a bird or like a, a oh, rabbit or it something. It will. Really? Yeah. It'll just come right to the back what door. What do you mean? It brings eating. a rabbit to your door? Yeah. Here you go. Y'all want to get in on this? <laughs> I see everybody's eating. I'll trade you some of this, <laughs> some salad. <laughs> what kind of play? Where did what? Where do you live? I, I told you I live in Gainesville, man. Right. So this dude, this your cat is bringing you is like a hunter gatherer for my your family. Cat, like every cat, the cat is a killer. My cat is a straight cold killer. Except when it comes to squirrels. Yeah, apparently. Well, it's not like he hasn't taken a squirrel out before, but it's like, yo, I need you to take out this squirrel. Nah, that squirrel didn't really do anything to me. Wait, wait, what? He's like he's like a choosy killer. Look, those are the smart ones. The ones that apparently what they not kill. like it, so. It, just give me the food and stuff, and I'll decide what squirrels live or die. So no, bro, this, this is my crib. Like <laughs> I should be the one laying out the rules on if I need you to take something out. You know, you want to keep getting them little treats. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> we tape would uh, as we tape this. Do you have a, it's 1030 or it's 1040 a.m. Wednesday morning. Yep. Do you have this? Is the squirrel back today? The squirrel was back today and we had another battle, I should say, where I had the target that I had the target in sight and took a couple of liberties towards <laughs> it where I thought I made a good clean but apparently i i don't know if i did but now there has not been i am literally looking out my back porch onto my screen porch now or out my like i have a one of those glass doors that goes onto the back screen porch from a bedroom yeah and so i'm looking out there now and there has not been any movement out there for the last 35 to 45 minutes do you think he's telling his friends no because the only way for him to tell his friends would be to get out oh. and there's only two ways out and i blocked one of them off because it was a hole in the screen and then the other one they climb up the screen and go in this little hole and the bird seat has been removed as well so i put the bird seat in the garage but this dude still came back to like get the scraps so now i was like all right see what i'm saying like <laughs> I did, you Man. know, wifey made a mistake. I'm trying to fix it, but now this dude's coming back. And like, when you come bowing up and the cat didn't take care of the problem. So now let me tell you, the cat has not been in the house today. So this, you're obviously not covering 
the Honda Classic this week. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because the videos that I did for ESPN.com, I did them yesterday from the locker room here at the country club, uh, Gainesville Country Club. And, you know, I just said I'm in the locker room. They let you in there? Well, yeah, big time. I pay for, to go in. Oh, you're room. a member. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Never, you've never uh, invited. You're me to always play. welcome to, co- bro. Oh, dude, new. would you stop it? That's new. You're always welcome to, and we play all over the place anyway. That's true. We, yeah. So, but it was funny because yesterday the weather was nasty, and there was no one at the country club, so I was in the locker room by myself. So I said in the video. You know, the weather outside's nasty, so I'm hanging out in the locker room with all me and Brooks Kepka's friends because it was empty. <laughs> <laughs> I got the joke. <laughs> and then I heard some laughter giggling outside, and it was somebody that was working there heard me doing the video and was laughing at what I was saying. Because Brooks saying same thing. Like when Brooks said, oh, he goes – when the whole Patrick Reed went down thing went down, he had came out and said too, yeah, I saw some things and it wasn't just Patrick Reed and I saw other dudes breaking rules and I didn't say nothing either. But now because of my status, now I'm going to say something. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. That's like the dude that murders six people and on death row before he goes to the electric chair is like, I found Jesus. Oh, now you found <laughs> Jesus at death row. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude. It yeah, happens it, nine times out of ten. That happens. I know. That's what. Yeah, like you. Okay. You, yeah, yeah, but apparently look. Jesus hangs out on death row. So, like Brooks Kepka's like, now if I see something, I'm gonna turn people in. Well, you didn't say nothing before. Like, and now you're saying I don't need no friends. Yeah, on the but he PGA doesn't need tour. to be that. Whatever. Look, he doesn't need to be that new up and come. Like now that he's established himself, he can be a. You you don't want to be the new that's guy. Not, see again. That's not how this sport is supposed to work. I only, I only report people when I'm somebody. Like what? Look, that is not the direction that I feel. That I feel the sport that I love. I'm that it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't matter whether you're 290th on the money list or first on the money list. It shouldn't matter whether you're number one in the world or whether you're. 1528th. It shouldn't matter. If you see someone break the rules, you should feel comfortable saying, Hey, you can't do that. We're going to put this not- out, put this out to the patrons at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-A-D-D-I-E. That is what the Instagram and the Twitter. You let us know where you weigh in on this. Please. Um, and coming up next, I want you as succinctly as you can as the caddy. Please give an introduction or a quick tease as to our guest today, Bob Mennery. So everyone who you all know who this guy is and when Pres- you hear, when presumptuous, you hear his explain. Voice, no, that- you all know who he is. Why? Because of his voice. Okay. So he has become an Instagram sensation because of his fake calls of sporting events. It's amazing. And now he's the voice of Buffalo Wild Wings. It's a, it's a, it, he's, he's hilarious. I hate that I missed it yesterday. Um, but I can't wait uh, to listen to the Bob Mennery interview. Uh, that and more coming up next. And a couple of things. I hope the squirrel problem. We, will you update us on Squirrel Gate next week? Yes. All right. All right. Bob Mennery coming up next on Maddie and the Kid. Before we move on, we need to talk about Blue Chew. Guys, everyone has performance issues at some point. Want to avoid it? 
Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance to another level. Check this out. They got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Since they're chewable, they can work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two. So this is another no-brainer. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician consult is free. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code MATTY, M-A-T-T-Y. Shh, don't tell anybody I told you now. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's bluechew.com, promo code Maddie. You're welcome. Most importantly, welcoming a really good friend of mine who I know a lot of y'all are going to recognize as soon as you hear the voice and you're going to go, wait, how do I know that voice? Buffalo Wild Wings. But more importantly, Instagram sent, I don't, I don't know how Bob Mennery would you describe what happened to you on Instagram? And you got to tell me the story of like how it started, dude. I started, first of all, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. You're the man. Uh, and we can't swear on this, right? This is ESPN. Yes. No, man, we can say whatever we want. That's why we got a uh, Taylor got the bleep button whenever we need it. So if we need to drop uh, an F bomb, we could be like it. And now he's going to uh, bleep that out. All right, well, I need to get one out of my system then, so it. All right, so anyways, <laughs> no, I started, uh, basically, I got really lucky. I went to uh, Los Angeles to try to be an actor, comedian, and kind of failed miserably, went back to Boston. It was 2 in the morning. I always had this shtick that I did where I'd run up to people and do this kind of fake broadcaster voice that I did and uh, ended up sitting next to some kid I never met before on a, cu- on a couch at 2 in the morning during this music video shoot, kind of did this spiel where I was like, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the shotgun, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. And he recorded it. And the next day, my kind of just went viral, I guess. And uh, ever since then, I don't know what is going on in my life. It's very strange, <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on. Do you remember the first highlight NFL thing that you did and what that response was like? Yeah, well, I started off doing video game glitches. and then. I transitioned to doing dubbing over like NFL, NBA, but I started off with college football and a lot of people asked me what was the clip that kind of got the most traction. And the one that got the most traction was when the quarterback rolled out to the left side and he leaped in the end zone. And I said, he leaps over those P word. It was the P word. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I pretended that cause, cause I had a little momentum, but I pretended that I was a real sports announcer. I wanted to try and trick the world that a real sports announcer got fired on the air. And so I made up this whole thing with my color commentator, Peter, who doesn't get to speak because he has a horrible drinking problem and we don't allow him to speak. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of made that video and that was the best one we ever had. It was a college clip. That's awesome. Who's the first like pro that called you or reached out to you after doing a highlight that made you go, holy shit. Probably for like football. I think like Baker Mayfield was in the early stages. Alex Bregman was a guy who uh, was kind of supported me early on. Uh, but yeah, probably the first pro, maybe like Justin Thomas, I think. he's He's been pretty, uh, pretty supportive. He's the man. Justin's a good dude. Were you surprised at how many – 
pro athletes love what you do as well, even though sometimes you make fun of them? Well, I was psychotic when it comes to like getting in touch with these guys. I was just, like very good. The one thing I will give myself credit for is I was a very good networker. And what I always did was I just like DM'd and bothered them so much <laughs> until they recognized me. Uh, and so what I used to do was it gets awkward. Like if I go up and see somebody that I never met before, like say it's like, for instance, like Drake or something. Right. And I say, what's up to Drake? And then he follows me on Instagram or looks at his messages. And then he sees that I sent him like 60 before this, <laughs> like a psychopath. It gets a little weird. Um, but yeah, I don't even, I forget what your question was. I kind of spaced. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's all good. Now, of course, you're in the golf world as well, but it had to be weird when you did every other sport and you go, yeah, I'm going to do some golf stuff. And the PGA Tour goes, yeah, that's funny. You better stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got shut down fast. The PGA Tour doesn't mess around, but we're not backing down. Yeah. Uh, why do you think I, that I, I they probably... were like, why do you think they were like that? Well, no, I mean, because, well, they you know, they keep removing my stuff, which is fine. I mean, it's it's understandable. They own the content, so they should be able to do whatever they want with it. But like I say, I mean, look it. I have obviously a, a large audience that follows me on all social media platforms. And look at it. If you're the PGA Tour, I think that they are always trying to, like any of the other leagues, make it cooler, younger sport, attracting a younger. They want to skew younger. So what I'm trying to just convince the PGA of is that, hey, I have a younger audience. I have that audience that is playing Fortnite and doing TikTok dances all day. Well, guess what? I want to get them off that, and I want to bring them to the golf course. And I want to make the PGA Tour younger and more exciting and more fun. But they could probably just squash me with the flick of a finger. So i got to be a little careful with them. Of course. But it's funny how golfers, the younger golfers, are really enjoying everything that you do as well. And now, like, you're going to some serious parties and stuff, dude. So... I got to talk to you about this wager that you have and how is it going? So I did 60 days, no drinking challenge because I went on this really big bender there during the Super Bowl. And I said I was going to stop drinking after the Super Bowl because it was wild in Miami. And then after the Super Bowl, uh, I went back to L.A. with intentions of stop partying and I continue to party. So I'm like, I got to change this. <laughs> but I'm like, I want to see if I can get some value out of this with this, this prop bet of not drinking. So I challenged Michael Rubin. Uh, I said, hey, if I don't drink for 60 days, uh, you have to get me a house at Coachella for the weekend, $20,000 value. you got to donate $50,000 to St. Jude's Charity for Cancer Research. Uh, I have a bet with Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the Panthers, that if I, uh, if I drink, I have to go in the spinning machine that spins you around like you're training for the moon, basically, and I have to go in there hammered like out of my mind that if I win the 60 day bet against Christian, he has to name drop me in three to six interviews throughout the NFL season. And I also have a little bit of cash on the line. So I'm day 13 in right now. It has been, I, my body feels good, but uh, I, I still have a long way to go. And I, the temptation is there because I just got back from Vegas and uh, it wasn't easy. You can't staying in Vegas and not drinking it, especially with March madness coming up. Uh, it's going to be tough. But you made it. You you already did one trip to Vegas, and you made it through without drinking. Well, I just wanted to put myself in through hell right away and see if I could do it. Like, I went to a lot. I mean, I went to parties, Vegas, a bunch of different things, and I said, you know what, if I can get through this, 
I can get through anything. So, but believe it or not, the hardest thing, and I'm not saying I'm an alcoholic. I mean, there's a lot of people that do say maybe Bob's an alcoholic, but, uh, which maybe you're this not is ready to go there yet, but other people. <laughs> yeah. Denial is, I guess, like the key factor to, uh, establishing if you're an alcoholic or not. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been easy. I, I feel healthier. I'm on this workout plan. And I believe I got Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I don't think anybody knows about this, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, is going to be training me uh, for a few sessions to get me in shape Duh. through the company ladder, which will be good. Are you going to go back to drinking after the 60 days is over? Of course. 61st day is going to be out of control. I'm going to be like Twister 2, the movie. I'm going to be out of control on day 61. Tell me about another good bet uh, that you I, I would say you lost. You had to wear a jersey for yeah. what, 30 days? Yes. Yeah. So I played Steph Curry in golf. We were talking smack back and forth because he thinks he's a good golfer, but he actually really is like ridiculous, ridiculously good golfer. And uh, so I challenged him. He gave me seven shots, and it came down to the 18th hole, and I lost on 18. And the stakes were uh, the same kind of one with McCaffrey. If I lose... Uh, the golf match, Steph has to name drop me in three to six interviews. But that didn't happen. I lost the bet. And what that meant was I had to wear his jersey for 30 days straight. And when I tell you, it was the coolest thing for the first five days. Because I get to walk around and be like, yeah, you know, I lost the bet to Steph, you know. After five days, I wanted to literally jump off of a cliff. It was the hardest thing to ever do on planet Earth. I, like, had meetings at, like, nice restaurants. They wouldn't let me in. And so I had to reschedule meetings because I couldn't go in with sports memorabilia in L.A. And then I'd have these diehard Warrior fans come up to me and be like, let's go, big year this year, Warriors, all this stuff. And I was just like, dude, I can't take it anymore. So, But I made it through 30 days straight. Uh, I wore the jersey every day. I took it off only to shower. And if I washed it, I kind of replaced it with another jersey, a backup jersey. Oh, boy. Is yeah. that a, this is, is what I do a, for my life. It's kind of screwed up. I, I always gonna, ask them, what do I do? It's like, what is my life? And like, what is this? What am I doing? It's all blur. Is that the worst bet you've ever made? Because I could have told you before you made the bet that Steph Curry is a really good golfer and you were probably going to lose. Well, I haven't won any. This is the thing. I'm a, I can play, especially with seven shots. He just played out of his mind that day. I played good. And I just shoved the putt on 18, or we would have went to a playoff. I missed like a six-footer and uh, whatnot. And then I just got beat by Lexi Thompson. I played her and got rocked. So I am not going to make these prop bets anymore. Although it was kind of good for me, too, though, because I got, I got a little bit of traction off of it. So, But still, I'm, I'm going to be careful making wagers from now on. But I'm going to win the 60-day drinking one. That one, I, I have faith in you. You can win that one. It, golf is in your life a lot. And as you said when we started, you started out as a comedian. So... Has golf been there since your comedy slash acting days in the very beginning? How did golf start for you? Well, I used to be three years ago. I was a caddy. I caddied for four years in Los Angeles. So three years ago, I was carrying golf bags for rich people. And I used to incorporate while I was caddying like sports commentary. So I would carry these golf bags for these rich guys. Uh, and I would just sometimes do commentary of their swings and sometimes they liked it and sometimes they wanted to punch me in the face. So, but I always shot, I always shot my shot, you know, <laughs> that's the beauty. This is why we're friends is because 
you look at things my way when it comes to life. You're like, look, I'm going to get mine. Like, hopefully you like we're both, it. We're both just goofy, goofy idiots just trying yeah. to make it in this crazy world. Yeah, comedians who decided there's got to be other doors. That's basically what's happened. That's, that's we realized phenomenal. we realized we both weren't that funny, and we panicked, and we had to figure it out. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. You ever think of going back and getting on stage? Uh, I had a lot of fear and anxiety with doing stand-up stuff because I wasn't really – I was kind of thrown into the fire with all this stuff. So, like, I would always – like, I would go to stand-up comedy shows. I'd put my name on the list, and I would just get so scared. I'd have a panic attack, and I'd just run away. So I never really like did any shows, but as I'm getting more comfortable with our podcast, the Ripper Magoo's podcast and other different things I'm doing, I'm getting more comfortable. So I have every intention because it kind of makes sense with what I'm doing to go on a live tour, whether yeah. to take the podcast on the road or kind of do some stand up. I just don't think I'm that funny. So I don't want to bomb. And if I bomb, I know it'll just bury me into a hole and I'll go back to caddying most likely. Oh, see, I still sneak on stage, man. That's like my, it's my safe space. That's my therapy. Well, you're you're mentally but strong. I, I know. I, I, I won't be no, able to do that. I don't know about that. I just I sneak on stage. The beautiful thing is, you found something where you can do where people want you to let loose, and especially in golf now, something. I would love to have you, if you remember Patrick Reed at the Hero in the bunker. How would you have called that? With me at the, when I dropped the beer can? You remember, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, well, actually, I had a funny thing. When I first went to my first golf event, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but I did screw up by mistake. I was, I had two aluminum Bud Light bottles in my hand, and Patrick Reed was like right next to me. And I just, I, it was my first time ever going to a golf event. And he was right in his backswing, and I didn't do it on purpose. I just fumbled the aluminum cans out of my hands, right in his backswing. It was like, cling, 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 right in his backswing. And he actually, thank God, hit a good shot. But I got stared down at, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't fun. And then I think his wife was there with him and kind of gave me the death stare, too, and I, I just kind of panicked. Yeah. Well, if you were going to do a call on uh, Patrick Reed moving sand in the bunker at the Hero, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Give that one to me. Well, you can see Patrick Reed here uh, standing over his shots. God, he's gained a little bit of weight lately. As you can see, his gut hanging off the side of his belt line. Let's be honest, he looks pretty disgusting here. Wait a minute. Did he just move a little sand here, Peter? He might have just, I mean, give this guy a shovel. I don't know. I make this stuff up as I go. <laughs> I have no idea how to do it. I need to be in my zone, Michael. I know, man. I need to, be, giving... I need to be six cocktails deep to do this. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask when you sat down and you started doing all the highlight stuff and doing the like fake calls. Did you have a script? How many times would you watch a highlight and then go through it and be like, okay, I got it. I got it. Here we go. What was what's the to, process? It, it used to depend on how drunk I was. If I was tipsy, I would just do it one take and not give a crap. Seriously? Uh, but. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but normally it takes me like three or four times. I don't really write anything. I just, as you can tell, because it's not that the material is just plummeting downhill. Uh, but you know, I don't usually write a lot of stuff. I just kind of go in and improv it and do whatever comes to my head. And if it takes me too long to do, I just put the clip away and don't do it because I just my head will explode. But uh, you know, I'm trying to get more structured and trying to make you know, like we just did the David Spade show, uh, Lights Out on Comedy Central, and I do yeah. the sports update at the end of the show. 
And it's amazing what these writers do. They're like, Bob, come in here and, uh, you know, kind of do what you do. And I'm like, I don't know if you really want that. But they wrote all this stuff for me, and it's, it's so much better when you actually have writers. So I am going to be implementing writers into my sets, I guess you could call it. Of all the clips that you've done, what's your favorite one? My favorite one was the time that Joe Flacco took the snap, rolled to the right side. There was running room, and he gets popped by Kiko Alonso, and his head falls off, or it looks like his head falls off. And uh, then you cut over to Harbaugh, and I think I referenced Kiko Alonso looking like a Marine fighter pilot or something dumb. That was my favorite one when uh, Joe Flacco's head fell off. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. Who's been the coolest celebrity slash athlete that's come up to you and said, hey, bro, what you do? You know what I mean? Who's been the coolest? Or most surprising. I think, the cool, the, I think the coolest moment was on Super Bowl on the when the Eagles were playing the Patriots. I wasn't there. He didn't come up to me. But on the podium, uh, Chris Long uh, had mentioned me on the uh, Super Bowl uh, media day. I think somebody asked him, like, what his favorite social media follow was. And I think he said, Bob Mannery, the guy's very underrated or something like that. It was like the coolest moment ever. I was like, holy moly. That's uh, That was pretty sick. So Chris Long probably on the Super Bowl media day was sick. That's awesome. And when you looked at, when you realized things were starting to blow up, like how many followers did you have when you were like, oh, my gosh, this is, I think this might be something. I was, when I, well, I, I'm psychotic. And when I, like, actually get hooked on something, I believe anything can happen, which is actually kind of an issue for me. But um, I when I hit like 10,000 followers, I was like, I think I got something here. And then I was growing like 25, 20, 30,000 a day, you know, for the first year. Cause it was kind of a product that nobody had done before. Kind of this R rated sports commentary, you know, what announcers want to say, but can't. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I say early on, I kind of knew that I was onto something that not anybody had really touched before. I mean, you had like Aussie man who's done kind of like reviews and stuff, the Australian guy who's hilarious, mm-hmm. but he never really took it to sports. So, uh, I'd say early on, like literally like at 10,000 followers, I'm like, I can do something with this. Has anybody like Joe Buck or any guys, any broadcasters ever reached out or have you ever had any conversations with them where they've said like one time I want to say what you say? <laughs> all the, all the broadcasters I meet say that I wish I could say what you do, but I'm like, <laughs> I wish I had your job though. Um, but Joe Buck, I actually got to play golf with. I played golf with uh, Joe Buck, I think twice, actually. Uh, I played with him at Pebble Beach. He's a great dude. And it's so weird playing golf with Joe Buck because, like, I have to put on a voice when I do it because I don't like to talk that normally. Joe Buck just talks, and it's like Eagles, Giants, Sunday, snowing in December, like when he's just talking, playing it's golf. It's normal voice. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like, I'm ahead of him walking ahead on the fairway, and you hear Buck talk, and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm literally uh, – it's game day. Yeah, Jim Nance is the same way. Jim Nance, no matter where he's at, when you hear him talking, you're going, is the master starting? <laughs> oh, wait. It's no, the weirdest, it's the weirdest Jim thing Jim Nance ever. ordering food. <laughs> I know. That's why it could be a good skit. I want to do a skit with Nance Buck, and if I'm lucky enough to be in it, it would be cool to kind of do some sort of, like, announcers just living their daily lives and commentating random things and get all the four big guys in on it. I would want, if it's my dream and I get to have a say in something that you would do, my dream would be for you and those announcers 
to videotape going through a drive-in. Getting that food. is a great idea, and I'm going to steal it. No, you're welcome. <laughs> Just all I ask then, give me credit. Oh, uh, you're going to be in the you, car. You're going to be okay, in the car. I'll, hey, I'll film it. It'll be perfect. Yeah, it'll be you, Joe Buck, Jim Nance, and me, and I'll film, and you guys order, and I'll be in the back, like, complaining, like, like the person that never is ready with their order. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the problem is getting Buck and Nance to approve this, but worst case scenario, me and you can just roll up to Burger King and straight up just fuck with people. It's up to you. <laughs> I, would be, I would be cool with that, but I think Joe Buck would be down to do something like that. Nance would be the hard get. Nance would be a hard one. Buck would yeah. be. I think Buck would be easier. Yes, correct. I think because Nance lives at Pebble Beach, maybe if we, if the four of us went to Pebble or the three of and us just went, leaned on the horn, we'll just stay yeah, outside the house and lean I, on the horn until he that's comes what, out. Yeah, it's like we know when he's going to be home. So if we go out there, it's, hey man, we just we're going to run over to Chick Fil A real quick. Come on, man, get in the car. In and out. We're we're treating. In and out burger. Let's go. What golf courses are on your bucket list now? Because now that you've exploded, you've gotten to go do some dream things, experience some amazing places, and hang out with some of the coolest people in the world. What is still on your bucket list? I'd love to play Pine Valley. Obviously, Augusta, I haven't got a chance to play. I'd love to play down there. Um, Have you been to the Masters yet? Yeah, I went once. It was uh, it was really really cool experience. I mean, it was we got a little Airbnb down there. My buddy Ahmed, we all went down. There's really just not much to do there besides like a there's a Buffalo Wild Wings and a Hooters right across the street. Right. That's about it. But that's it. Yeah. Uh, but but Masters is fun though, man. The vibe is cool. You got to be on your best behavior there. You got to respect Augusta. They do a great job down there every year, and uh, it's definitely a tournament that you know I'm definitely going back to again this year. All right, so Pine Valley. Augusta National Golf Club. Where else is on your bucket list? I mean, Shinnecock. I'd like to go play some golf in Scotland. I'm just, I just, I just am not at the point where I can go and play golf now. I'm still building up what I'm building. Um, I try and sneak out as much as I can, but uh, my goal is to build kind of the first ever R-rated sports network, and that's the goal. So if I can do that, that's, then I'll be able to hopefully play some golf whenever I can. An R-rated sports network where players and announcers can let loose and say whatever they honestly think. Yeah, you know, you cut down to the sideline and the uh, sideline reporter's all hung over. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's like uh, you went out last night, whatever, roll the tape. <laughs> okay, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily going to go with the hungover sideline reporter, but a sideline reporter that could actually ask a coach coming out of the locker room, what the were you thinking running such and such play and the coach being able to be like, I don't know what I was thinking either. That kind of honesty. I don't know. People always talk about, you know, I'm so sick of athletes being vanilla and not telling the truth of how they really feel until you actually give it to them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look at, that's the goal. That's the end goal of all of this. An R rated sports channel. Man, if it yes, does sir. anything, what your social media has done, dude, you have hit the jackpot. I hope so. Oh, man, it's so good talking to you. What's the next tournament you're going to be out to? I'll probably go to Augusta. That'll be the next one. I'll go to the Masters. That'll probably right. be it. I'm not going to go to anything until that. And hopefully we get Ripper Magoo Nation rallying up there a little bit, but still stay behaved at the same time. 
Uh, you got a Ripper Magoo hat for your boy? Can I get a hook? I got a whole Ripper Magoo package for you, baby. You just tell me where to ship it. Hell yeah. Bring it to the Masters, bro. Bring it. I'm going to be there, Done. too. I'll see you there. Done. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on the podcast, man. All the best. You are killing it in everything, man. Just everything. So, And it had to be cool, too, getting a call from Buffalo Wild Wings when they go, hey, uh, we're looking for a voice, and you're the guy. Like, that's well, a perfect actually, fit. They're actually yelling at me right now because I'm actually doing this in the broadcast recording booth. We're getting ready for March Madness campaign. So, all right, man. Uh, I literally, get back to work, bruh. I got to get back. I got to get these checks, baby. I got to try. Romance with uh, no finance is a damn nuisance. Get your damn money, homie. I love it. Michael, you are the absolute best, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks again. That's Bob Mettery, the infamous, the famous, the greatest voice in R-rated sports that there is in our friend. Make sure to check out his podcast. Thanks again, homie. Thank you, brother. So, Matt, that tells you when I talk to Bob, he does everything pretty much off the cuff and admitted normally with a little bit of drinking, which is why – I know you had said that you wanted to hear him do like a call of a yeah, Patrick Reed thing. Fantastic. And he, you know, was, did a little bit, but was like, nah, kind of whatever, but still was hilarious and funny. And his story of wanting to be an actor and a comedian, yet having such severe anxiety yep. about getting on stage where he's like actually trying now. To, to go, I think live shows would be good. And we, you know, it was a good, it was a good talk about kind of a guy who it was funny hearing him say he was gaining 30,000 followers on Instagram a day. Like that's when you know things blowing up. <laughs> yeah, he look, his story of just how he ascended and they posted that video one night when he was at a commercial shoot. Like it's just it's one of those great stories. Yeah. Um he loves golf. I think I believe he's a Travis Matthew ambassador, so he loves the sport. Um, it was really and fun he's having trying, him. On. He's trying to come up with that rated R sports channel. God, that'd be so fun. I that's what I'm saying. Like uh, I and honestly, how someone like HBO or Showtime hasn't gone that direction before is beyond me. I'm sure there's. You know, I'm, I'm here's, sure here's there's why all I kinds think. of rights fees that's and all say. that. That's what it is. There's it's so rights much fees. money. Yeah. It's rights fees because L. Duncan and I, my co-host for the Noon Eastern Sports Center daily, Monday through Thursday, ESPN. Um, yeah. The, the, we talk about it all the time. Like, how fun would it be um, just to, to like, let just to cuss on a highlight? Oh. Just to get a little fun, get a little loose on a highlight. But here's, here's why I don't think it's happened. One, rights fees. Two, do you really want like if you're doing a baseball highlight? Do you want do you want that kind of language and stuff while you're talking about said sport? From the from the sport from the play by play guy, no. But from if Alex Rodriguez is in the booth and he sees something that makes him freak out, I would be totally fine with him letting loose, letting loose. On like what is driving him nuts about what is going on in front of him. And the same with the NFL. I mean, how many times do we hear stuff on the sideline at NFL that people got to apologize for anyway? Imagine now having that analyst in there, you know, having, how about your boy, Tony Romo? 
Imagine Tony Romo losing his mind, going nuts, trying to figure out why clock management or why they're running this style of play at this moment and how ridiculous it was. Like That would be appointment television to know these guys are going to let loose like NFL. I know. And, and giving people – I totally agree too that it has to be on a pay-per-view type of thing because you can't just let – everyone flipped the television on and now kids are there like i, well, I, I mean it, it's like anything let, it's like right. i mean you would know i mean yes. anybody could turn on hbo if they have it i i think it'd be fantastic oh it would be i think it's a great idea i just think it's gonna be costly but i think in the long run it would probably pay for itself there'd be a lot of people want to see that all right so the uh, honda classic this week Kepka back in the field. Then we've got Bay Hill, all kinds of fun. Florida swing is here, just inching closer to the players in that first major championship. Uh, we will have that for you. We have a tentative scheduled guest next week. We won't say yet until we figure out if Which, it's confirmed. If, if this guest shows up, yeah. if we get to have this guest on, there is a huge subject that has just come up with this person that we will have to ask Correct them about it is tentatively scheduled and everything looks good, but we'll we'll be able to put it to bed uh, coming Sweet. up next week. So I hope everyone enjoyed Mentory. Check him out on Instagram. He's fantastic uh, for the caddy. Michael Collins. I'm the Maddie. This has been another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.